Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Around the Circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. Happy July 4th. Happy birthday to David. It's another crossover hey, podcast. It's been over a week since almost won a national championship. But we're back at it. We don't stop. But it's birthday boys time. What's up, man? Man, doing good. Glad to be up so early this morning. And, um, yeah, glad to be uh, 51 years old today. I feel like I'm 31, so uh, I'm blessed. 51 years young is what you say. Isn't that what they say? 50, yeah, 51 years young with an 8-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 24-year-old. And um, at some point today, all three will be here. My daughter went to Austin and Dallas for the weekend, but if she catches her flight, which uh, is kind of a 50-50 proposition if you're flying nowadays – she will be back in Oxford around 7 o'clock this evening. So looking forward to having all three under the same roof. Yeah, flying right now is an absolute mess. I've done it. I, I was fortunate going to Omaha. I didn't have any delays, but, man, it's like a zoo out there. Flying's terrible. Yeah, you never know if your plane's going to get there, if it's going to leave. Um, you know, just kind of how it is. It might be easier to put $5 gasoline in your car. And, uh, and just drive. We're positive vibes only show. today, David. We're positive vibes only. Ole Miss is still yeah, a week removed from a tie. You're right. Yeah. July yeah. so yeah, 4th I've and your had, birthday. Uh, Come on now. Yeah, I've had Fox News on for two hours. So uh, yeah, I've seen guys jump from an airplane in Ohio with an American flag. Um, they're live on scene at the USS Constitution in Boston. That's about to set sail for its annual 4th of July trip. And um, gas is $5 a gallon, and you can't get an airplane anywhere. How do you celebrate July 4th, typically? You know what, man? We kind of did it last night. Uh, I had family over, and um, we grilled. Um, Boudin sausage being the the main dish there. Um, and... Uh, 
sit around and drink a lot of beer. Um, you know, that's kind of uh, what we did today. No plans. Uh, you know, I'm 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 getting uh, in the car tomorrow and putting five dollar gasoline in it and going to Hot Springs, Arkansas for a few days. My last uh, respite before football season is officially here, and it kind of is here already. I mean, we've had a we've had what now eight eight days to soak in being national champions for baseball. And uh, obviously, we're, we're going to keep keen eyes on that program. But um, it's time for football, right? I mean, we kick off in, I think, 63 days, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the reason why it feels like it's gotten here so quickly is because typically Ole Miss fans have turned their attention to football weeks ago. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and we were prepared to do it again, right? At the end of May, yep. we were about to roll out a whole bunch of football copy. You know, and, and, and nothing earth-shattering, but just analysis and breakdown and things like that. And Lord have mercy, baseball wouldn't let us do it. They kept winning, kept playing. You know, it was kind of funny. I ran into uh, the parent of a Southern Miss baseball player yesterday. And, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the regional. This guy's a big old Miss fan. His son just happened to... to get a scholarship to Southern Miss. And, you know, his whole take on it was, well, at least we still had somebody to pull for when we got knocked out. And um, that's amazing. And by the way, national championship T-shirts, okay, because today is my birthday. So my wife took me up to town yesterday to buy me something. And I was like, well, let me go get one of these national championship T-shirts. I'm not going to mention any names of where I went, but the first place I went, which is kind of a place I felt obligated to go, do you know how much a national championship T-shirt is? Just, just take a guess. Thirty-four dollars. $40. Yeesh. $40. You woke up in a mood on July 4th in your birthday. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I know how much it costs to make a screen printed t-shirt. It's about four bucks. That's t-shirt, ink, everything. Forty freaking dollars. Did you get one though? No. No. I did not. Then you crotched the old man. Listen, I end up at another establishment. Their t-shirts were thirty dollars. And I'm like, okay, ten bucks cheaper than the first place I went. I said, but I'm still not going to get it because I have an issue with this place that's besides the point. Okay, so we go. We end up in Walmart, of all places. <laughs> Walmart, $20 for a national championship T-shirt. But typical Walmart wear, you can look at it and tell. It's a wash one time. Might as well throw it away kind of deal. So we didn't buy the $20 one either. So anyway, I got a couple of uh, – Generic T-shirts, uh, pair of swim trunks because we're going to the water park in Hot Springs, taking Tori there. And, um, man, a lot of good food last night, good conversation, good company with people I love. So it has been a great birthday. But I just wanted to say, <clears throat> I love the Ole Miss Rebels. You're crazy as hell if you pay $40 for a T-shirt. That's all I got to say. On your birthday, on July 4th, 
You say you have a great day, but you spent the first six minutes of a podcast with your friend Ben, who loves you. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm done, Ben. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. All right. I have had my say. Football let's is coming go, up. It's the only thing really to talk about right now. We could talk about recruiting. Obis baseball, for example, just picked up a commitment from Will Platner. He's a catcher out yeah. of Illinois, and Ole Miss is viewing him as the as the backup to Calvin Harris, the replacement for Knox Lepasser, who's in the portal. But let's be honest, baseball roster construction, they've won a national championship. We're going to pay attention to it. We're going to cover it. We're going to talk to the people. We're going to give you the information that you want on our site, so the Ole Miss spirit, you know, inside the Rebels. But right now, it, it's it's kind of feeling like football time, like you said, because I look around and try to figure out, all right, what do we do now? from a cover standpoint and outside of recruiting and football, it's the dead time. So now's a good time to go to hot springs, Arkansas. That's good. Yes. Yeah, the only time we've got left, of course, SEC media days right around the corner. Now, July 18th, um, you know, we're going to be on site covering that this year. Um, and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the official kickoff, but it's time. It's time to start talking about football and this Ole Miss team and, you know, you posed an interesting question to me before we started the podcast. I'll let you pose it again, and let's let's move on from there. Okay. So what I was thinking is because you and I still are talking about the national championship. I feel like every Ole Miss fan is. But there's sure. some storylines that kind of are applicable to Ole Miss football. And you might think it's a stretch, Ole Miss fan, but hear me out. For example, who's the captain of this Ole Miss football team. Who will be the captain of this Ole Miss football team? Because Tim Elko is the captain of Ole Miss baseball for three years and certainly the face of their run. Who will be the player or players, I guess, that emerged midway through the year, like Dylan DeLucia, didn't get into the rotation until April, and then became irreplaceable? Who is that for football? There are many through lines that we could take from baseball and apply it to football that's coming up, that's happening right now, that's on its way. And, you know, once August hits, it's just a full-on sprint until December. So let's start there. Who is the captain of this football team? Because Matt Corral is gone. And I was thinking about this because we're now trying to rewire ourselves after spending well over a month every single day talking about all this baseball. It's kind of hard to do. But who is the captain of this football team? Because I look around and Matt Corral's not here. Sam Williams isn't here. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some candidates in mind, but with all the new faces and with how many big-time players they lost, even though they replaced them with, quote, big-time players out of the portal, like Zach Evans at running back, whatever. I don't know who the captain is. Who's the captain, Dave? Yeah, I'm not sure Lane Kiffin could answer that question right now because of all the new blood that's in the program. And generally, when you talk about a captain – you're talking about a guy that's got a couple of years vested under his belt, like a Matt Corral. I mean, there was no doubt in anybody's mind that was Matt Corral's football team last year and even the year before. This year, uh, it's, it's, it's an enigma. I mean, we're sitting here early July, and we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. You know, is it Jackson Dart that all this hype was placed on? Uh, coming in or is it Luke Altmeyer who stayed here and worked and essentially left spring ahead of Jackson Dart in the quarterback battle at least from what our eyes saw and um, you know so will will it be one of those guys the guy that wins that battle will he become the leader of this football team 
You know, I, I kind of like Luke Altmeyer as a leader. Um, you know, he has uh, he's taken a gut punch a couple of times, and and he's still here. Um, most people thought, well, Ole Miss is bringing in this arm that you know inevitably they paid money for to come in here and Jackson Dart. So Altmeyer is going to be the backup if he stays. Luke Altmeyer didn't see it that way, obviously. He stayed, he fought, and he came out ahead of Jackson Dart at the end of spring. Now that may not be fair to Jackson Dart because Dart, look, Dart still had bags unpacked when spring practice was going on. He had one foot in Oxford. So, you know, as he gets comfortable with the situation here, gets more comfortable, gets into the playbook, as Lane Kiffin said he needed to, um, you know, we may see a different Jackson Dart in fall camp. But, um, you know, so, you know, either one of those guys could possibly be it. Um, You know, Ben, and let's just be honest with everybody, we really don't know the personalities of all these new guys that have come in right now. We don't know that if they're just heck of a players and not much of a locker room voice, but we don't know if they have great locker room voices. We just don't know. So it, it is really difficult to pick out a guy who is, is going to become the, you know, will be that, you know, as you said, a leader this fall. On the defensive side of the ball, I've got a dark horse favorite in J.J. Peakies just because I know how talented he is. I know what kind of impact he's going to make on the defensive line. And look, they're going to play J.J. some at H-back, full-back, and a tight end on offense. So, you know, this is a guy who's going to have a limited role on the offensive side of the ball, is going to be a star, I think, on the defensive side of the ball, and he knows Ole Miss football better than anybody on that roster because I can tell you from the time he was in eighth grade through his senior year, he was at just about every game inside Vaught Hemingway Stadium because he grew up here in Oxford. So, you know, he's a guy I think that guys could easily fall in behind and he could become a leader, if not for the whole team, at least for the defense. But other than that, you know, you've got uh, A.J. Finley in the secondary. A.J. Is, is is kind of a quiet guy, well-spoken, thinks before he says things. I can see A.J. becoming a leader in that locker room too. But uh, But that's a hell of a question, Ben, because I don't think anybody knows the answer to it right now. That's something like the quarterback situation that is going to have to play out in front of our very eyes. Well, there's no obvious guy. I was going through the roster as you were talking. Cedric Johnson is one of them. But Ced's got to be an every down, not dominant guy, but he certainly can't be a role player and then try to be the loudest voice in the locker room. It's just hard to do. But yeah, as far let's as, be honest here. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's going to be hard for a defensive player to assume the mantle of the face of the team, the voice of the team, the leader of the team. It's probably going to have to be somebody from the offensive side of the ball, and it's likely going to have to be one of those two quarterbacks. And I think Luke Altmaier starts a game one against Troy and then Jackson darts the quarterback for the vast majority of the season, and both quarterbacks are on campus until the end of the year. But if that isn't settled until well into the season, then who? Because you, you look at wide receivers. Jonathan Mingo, that's never really been his personality. He can't stay on the field. Nick Broker, maybe? Nick Broker's got that attitude about him a little bit. Yeah, he's an offensive lineman, though. 
He's an offensive yeah. lineman. And uh, you, you know I love offensive linemen. And Nick, Nick certainly has the attributes to do that. But, um, you know, it, it, it's hard for an offensive lineman to be that guy just because, he, you know, he's putting his hand in his dirt and he's moving people every play, never scores a touchdown. That's difficult. Very, very difficult. I mean, Jeremy James is probably the most talented player on the, on the offensive side of the football, if not for the entire team. And um, at least in my eyes, he is. But Jeremy, knowing Jeremy, Jeremy's just kind of got a quiet, quirky personality. Uh, he's not going to be that guy either. Yeah, he's not going to be that guy. Maybe Michael Trigg can be that guy, but he can't be that guy right now. Or he's not that guy right no, now. No, he can't be that guy. He's too new. He's too new. He's going to have to really shine uh, to, to, to have a voice in that locker room. Um you know, he, he would have to have some outstanding games, which I think he will. Back to a point you made, you think Luke Altmyer starts against Troy and then Jackson Dart takes over. I beg to differ there. If Luke Altmyer starts against Troy, he's going to have a tremendous game. It's going to make it impossible to pluck him from the starting lineup, at least after one game. Because then Central Arkansas, and who's after Central Arkansas? Uh, I don't Tech. know, but Altmyer. If he starts the first two, I bet you he's thrown for 600 yards and 10 touchdowns two games into the season. Just because Certainly it's a soft schedule. And, yeah, that's what good quarterbacks do against lesser competition. Well, in, in Lane Kiffin's offense and his system, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're not, doing, you're not doing full read progressions as a quarterback in Lane Kiffin's offense. And that's some of the knock on Matt Corral why he dropped into the third round is can he go through full progressions because he didn't do it in college. And, um, you know, in, in Lane Kiffin's offense, if you've got superior personnel and you don't screw it up, you're going to put up big numbers. DeAndre Prince, could he be one of those guys? You know, I, I, I like DeAndre, and I've covered him since he was at Charleston, Mississippi High School. Uh, but I, I just don't know if DeAndre has that, uh, that gravitas around him. Man, there's just very there are very few candidates as I'm going through the roster. There's not obvious candidates. Like I could see Ulysses Bentley being a guy because of his personality, but he's too new right now. Tysheem Johnson makes a lot of sense, but he's a sophomore. This is just this is a hard exercise. Here's the second one though. Who could be their Dylan Delucia, who doesn't really come on until midway through the season and then becomes irreplaceable? Who is that? That's a that's a great question. Depends on where you where you consider the starting point, you know, a guy that I think is set for in prime for a great season and is going to make a lot of money. You've already mentioned him is Cedric Johnson. I think Cedric Johnson by the fifth game of the year, people in the sec, they're going to consider him one of the most feared pass rushers in this league. Um, so, so I would start right there. Uh, Dylan DeLucha, though, the guy you're not expecting much from, I'll tell you who could be that guy. Jonathan Mingo could be that guy if he stays healthy. He has all the tools. Um, I, could, I could see that happening. Here's one for you, and I feel like we've been saying this for years. Actually, I'll give you a pull. Damon Clowney, Jack Brown, Austin Keys, Brandon Mack. Clowney? Yeah, I could Clowney. see Clowney. Clowney's I, the one. Yeah, I think Clowney is, uh, is ready. 
I think it's it's taken a, a, a little time, but 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 I do think he's ready. I think he could. Uh, I think Demont Clowney's going to show up in some games this year. Yeah, 100%. I think Demont. Too bad he was, his first he, name is not pronounced Demon. I would love to call him Demon Clowney. It's spelled just like Demon. It is. He started. He was he was a starter throughout the entire spring, and he was playing linebacker, like a stand up linebacker, rushed in type of deal, and he was good at it, and he looks different. Because the whole thing when he got here was not the recruiting pedigree, but his size. He was thin, and now he's not thin anymore. He looks like an SEC-ready edge rusher. Like, when you stare at him now, you go, oh, I can see that now. I can see it. Yeah, and great bloodlines, great last name, great first name. He's he's probably my favorite name on the whole team. But uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, man, Clowney, I think uh, think we're going to see some things out of him this year. I really and truly do. I like I like where he's at. Can I sell you on Dennis Jackson being that guy, being, being Dylan Delusia? Nope. nope. No. And, and it's not a knock against Dennis, but look, it was, how long has Dennis been in this program? Four years now? He's a senior, a six-year senior, COVID it, senior. It no, is. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, Mingo's been here a long time too, but – you know, generally speaking, a guy's been in the program a couple of years. If he's if he's got superstar potential, you will have seen it show up in games by now. There would have been some kind of flashing. And not an indictment against Dennis, but you asked me a hard question, we'll give you a hard answer. Uh, I mean, I think he's a role receiver for the Rebels. And, uh, and, and look, you can mop up some stats as a role receiver for Ole Miss. But, um, but as far as it's, it's having a superstar type season. I don't see it. I don't think so. I think I figured out who's going to be their Dylan DeLucia. It's going to be Kari Please Coleman. Don't. It's going to be Kari. Could very well be. Absolutely. Love this kid. He's got some solid NFL potential. And, uh, you know, again, here we are talking about defensive linemen again. Yeah. They're stacked on the defensive line. Really and are. I don't think, uh, I don't think the rest of the SEC media has really tuned into that just yet, but um, the defensive line is going to be a strong suit for Ole Miss. Uh, so I got a question for you: Where will the media pick Ole Miss to finish in the West this year? Probably fourth, like they always do. So Alabama's first. Yeah, it's going to be LSU second, probably. Why? And then it's either going to be, I think, Arkansas or Ole Miss third. Oh, shoot. We're not even thinking about A&M. Yeah, Alabama, A&M Texas second. A&M, LSU. Yeah. So Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU. <laughs> Ole Miss or Arkansas will be fourth. I actually think I would go Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, LSU, uh, Auburn, Mississippi State. No, I put Mississippi State above Auburn. I got Ole Miss third behind Alabama and A&M. Um, Arkansas, look, I mean, K.J. Jefferson's a great quarterback. But, you know, I, my are we question sure? with K.J. is he not bumping his ceiling? Yeah, are we sure he's a great – are we sure he's yeah, just – he's this, a great quarterback. He's a really a good, good quarterback, but this is what he is, what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he has any more upside to grow very much anymore. I think he kind of is what he yeah, is. Yeah, he's bump, I think he's bumping his ceiling. He yeah. bumped his ceiling last year. I don't expect him. And, and, and also, you know, Arkansas was the wide receiver's name, uh, Burks, 
Yeah, he's Traylon gone. Burks in there. And a great wide receiver can make a good quarterback look great. So, Here's one you know, for you. Who's he going to be? Prefer if you're a year? casual fan, not just an old Miss media guy, but if you're just a casual fan of college football in general, would you rather have KJ Jefferson, the known commodity, going into this year, or Jackson Dart and his upside? Hey guys, just want to tell you this podcast, this crossover podcast, is brought to you in part by S and J Custom Framing, where. Art is a gift of love. S&J Custom Framing is located at 1001 Van Buren Avenue in Oxford. Go see John Adams. John is the owner of S&J Custom. And let me tell you, it's the perfect place to go shopping for the Ole Miss fan uh, or even for yourself because you're Ole Miss fans as well. Ben, they've got great prints inside this store of Ole Miss football uh, legendary prints, Dexter McCluster, Chad Kelly, the Mannings, uh, you name it, and they have it at S&J Custom Framing, as well as they can frame any Ole Miss memorabilia or non-Ole Miss memorabilia that you'd like. Great selections of mats and frames in there. John's always willing to work with you on the pricing of things as well. And Before we go, let me tell you about their pottery. Peachtree Pottery, Beloved Pottery, Crossroad Pottery. Uh, just some incredible gifts in there. Next time you're in town for the weekend and you're looking for a place uh, to buy some old Miss merchandise and art, even pottery, go visit John Adams at S&J Custom Framing, 1001 Van Buren in Oxford. This podcast is also brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement, or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire. Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler a call. He specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And he can offer you pretty much anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits, college savings plans. Give him a call, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. If you haven't already subscribed or review this podcast in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. I do not care what you say. Ben, you're too loud. Ben, you're too obnoxious. Ben, you keep interrupting. Whatever it might be, leave a five-star review. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions in Spotify or SoundCloud, iTunes, you name it. We're there. Stitcher, I write for the Old Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com and AffiliateOnThree.com. David writes for Inside the Rebels and Affiliate of 247 Sports. Let's hear from a couple of more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask for Brian or Mason to tell them talk of champions sent you because now talk of champions actually makes sense Ole Miss baseball won a national championship and they'll get you in your dream car with your Ole Miss Omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door 
They're located at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Contact them today, 662-234-8000. That's Alan Samuels, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of the National Champion Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That'd be a tough choice. I mean, because we did not see the upside of Jackson Dart this spring. That's just the bottom line. I mean, and, you know, it's kind of blasphemy if, uh, you know, Ole Miss media guys aren't aren't praising what we saw out of Jackson Dart, but I'm going to call it like I see it. I mean, he, he his mechanics didn't look smooth. He looked bothered at times. We saw him lose his composure on the football field. And, um, you know, that, that's not good. That's not saying he's a hothead, but when you're out there in a non-contact jersey and you throw an interception and you're out there blindside blocking guys and you're not supposed to have any contact, that's losing your composure. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't tight with the playbook like he needs to be. I mean, all of those are shortcomings. His feet looked, looked out of sync with his arm. Um, you know, so I, I mean, it's difficult for me 
to project how great Jackson Dart can be when, you know, we didn't see that this, this spring. So you weren't particularly wild by the debut, but I, I just, I'm, I don't count spring. Well, were you were you wild by the debut? Well, no, but I, I just don't put to to put very much stock in the spring, especially for a guy who got here so late and had a lot thrown at him. I mean, there, it wasn't just Jackson Dart that was new. You had an offensive line that had a bunch of pieces moved around. Jeremy James is playing left tackle now. Nick Broker's becoming a guard. Um, you have a brand new stable of running backs, wide receivers. You were without most all of them. And like Luke Altmeyer was better or more consistent than Jackson Dart, but it's not like Luke Altmeyer wowed either, if that makes sense. And that's kind of part of, that's par for the course in a quarterback battle that there is little separation between the two of them to start. You're just going to see, Oh, well he flashed this and he flashed that when he did flash, you, you, you saw what they saw in Jackson Dart when they brought him over from USC, that, that he could be a next level type talent. Cause he has that kind of, um, repertoire to it. Well, to his he's game. got great. He's got great arm power. Yeah, and there were times he flashed, and That's you're like, saying. "Oh, okay." But I but see. but his mess but ups, like Jackson Dart's talk. mess ups, were way more were, were way uglier than Luke's because Luke isn't isn't a risk taker like Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart, with his arm talent, believes he can fit a ball in anywhere, like Matt Crowd did. Matt Crowd made those really egregious or very public mistakes as far as. Uh, turnovers and stuff like that, interceptions. Luke Altmaier is not going to be able to protect the ball more, but also you're not going to get those big, splash, flashy plays that typically come with length of an offense with Luke because he's just he's more risk-averse than Jackson Dart is. Well, I'm going to come at you with this. Let me ask you this. Okay, Jackson Dart is, what, 19 years old, maybe 20. Um, second year of college football, and everybody in the country knew he came to Ole Miss with a, a gargantuan, a huge NIL deal. Now, not huge in relative to some of the stuff that's out there, but still a very big NIL deal. You know, how much of that puts added pressure on a kid to go out there and be perfect when the world knows he's making a lot of money playing football here at Ole Miss? And, and, and how fair is that? This is just kind of being the devil's advocate to the NIL. How fair is that? to the kid that, that, you know, those kind of weights and expectations are on his shoulders. Now he's going to walk in front of a podium at a press conference and, 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 you know, that's not the face he puts on, but the question is, does it matter? Is it something that, that, that is in his head? And if it is, did that maybe affect his performance in the spring? Was he putting too much pressure on himself? Man, those birds are going crazy about your Jackson dart takes. What did you say to set yeah, those cards like up? They, they do. Yeah, they are de- they are defending Jackson Dart. You just so I mean, you know. what do you think about that? I, I mean, I think it plays a role. I, I think once the uh, whistle is They're blown, tur- once a snap, once the first snap is taken, I just don't think it matters anymore. I think in, initially it does. I, I just don't think like when he's dropping back to pass on a second and eight simulation. He's thinking, oh God, if I don't complete this to Jonathan Mingo for like real tree's gonna get mad at me. Yeah. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I think I think definitely when he's alone or maybe he's overwhelmed because he had a bad day at practice and he's thinking about, oh God, I gotta do this, this, and this, that plays into it. But I, it, when the snaps happen, when the practices happen, 
I, I don't think that plays much of a role. I think it just becomes football. At the end of the day, it becomes football. And when it became football, well, you could see you could see um, flashes of. I just don't think either of Luke or Jackson really. Once you remove yourself from the spring and all the newness and like, oh God, it's Jackson Dart. What is he going to look like? When you remove yourself from it, it's not like Luke was astronomically better. Just he didn't make the no, same kind of egregious mistakes. And the reason why Jackson makes those egregious mistakes when he's not on is because it is new to him and because, like Matt Corral, he believes he can fit a ball anywhere. Luke doesn't believe that. Luke believes he's got to protect the football, which is good. There's value in that. You have to protect the football first. But I, I think I would go with the upside of a guy who's got arm talent better than Luke, and that's Jackson Dart, even though I think Luke's going to start. All right. Yeah, so, and, and, go ahead. And I've come across maybe a little negative on Jackson Dart, and I want to say this for the record. I, too, believe Jackson Dart wins this job. I do believe that. Um, I, I, I do believe Luke Altmaier starts the Troy game. I think that's the way to do it. Both of them are going to get a lot of snaps against Troy. I think both of them will get a lot of snaps against Central Arkansas. And look, let's be honest. Until October gets here, really, who cares who the Rebels' quarterback is? Play them both. Let them let them show us. Play it on Saturdays. Play it out. You know, you need a quarterback when you play your first SEC game against the Kentucky Wildcats. That's when you need a quarterback. And uh, Lane will have one by then. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, fortunately, you're in a situation where you are talking about <clears throat> two four-star recruits coming out of high school, okay? Both whose 24-7 sports scouting report talks about their NFL potential. That's who's battling for quarterback. I mean, with all due respect, and he's a great quarterback coach, David Morris is not in the running to become the Ole Miss quarterback this year. You've got two really, really good and capable guys. So, you know, wherever, whichever way it bounces, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, you know, that that's one of the special things about, about this team coming up. No, we don't know who the leaders are going to be. No, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. But the pieces are there. And, you know, I like this team in a lot of the same vein. This Ole Miss baseball team just showed us what happened. You know, this is a team that's that's going to have to learn and gel on the fly. The schedule is conducive for them to doing that. I've already said I think they go to Baton Rouge seven and zero. I think they leave Baton Rouge eight and zero. Okay, now then it's Texas A and M and Alabama, and there's your season right there in front of you. You really think they're going to be eight and zero? I do. I do. I think this team is going to be eight and zero. I mean, their biggest threats in the first eight games are Kentucky. Auburn and LSU. Those are their biggest threats. They're capable of winning every one of those games. I think this football team is going to be eight and zero. That's what my also is capable me. of losing every single one of those games. Well, not every one of them, but all three of those. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're definitely capable of doing that. But the defense, look, I know is going to be a lot better. And, and you know, I, I realize on the defensive side. You know, they, they know they need another linebacker or two. And, and and they're still trying, obviously, but it hasn't worked out yet. But it's still got time to work itself out this month. Um, and the secondary is deep, experienced, and talented. The defensive front is as deep as it was in 2014 and 2015. 
when the Rebels went to back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl games. So that is all a strength. On offense, from a talent standpoint, they're better pretty much everywhere on the field. Now, that's where your new guys come in and they've got to come together in jail. I think this is a team that the Kentucky game really worries me, okay, because I don't know if they will have fully found themselves by that point of the season, but by the back end of the season, if they stay healthy, they're going to be one of the toughest outs in the country. I think they're 8-0. I think, you know, with the trip to College Station and, and then Alabama, I mean, that's your season. You want to win a national title in football? You got to win in College Station, and you got to beat those boys from Tuscaloosa this year. And if you do that, your last two games are Arkansas and Mississippi State. And I don't have a schedule in front of me. I'm doing this from memory. Uh, you're you're better than both of those programs. You should win both of those. And my gosh, no, twelve and zero is not out of the question. David, the problem is seven and five is not out of the question either. Yeah. And that's what that's what makes this such an intriguing, intriguing season. But if I had to pick them right now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm banking on Lane is going to figure out his quarterback situation, and it's going to be a good fit when he figures it out. Two, of these kids are going to come together, pull together, and play as team as a team. And that's that's probably the wildest uh, bet I'm making here, because we just don't know how the NIL is going to fit inside the locker room. We do not know. Look, I can tell you this. I know for a fact we've got guys that have been on this roster four years that are going to be asked to contribute this year that are not making one red cent of NIL money. If the guy next to him is driving a brand-new pickup truck and is living high off the hog, could that become an issue? Absolutely it could become an issue. It, It damn well could become an issue. Um, we don't know how that's going to fit and how it's going to play. I mean, that's, that's, that's this era of college football, and we just don't know. Now, hopefully everything fits together perfectly and everybody's happy and, and everybody is on a run. And I do think that's what's going to happen. I think this team is going to start the season 8-0, and and then we go to College Station for the biggest game of the year, probably the biggest game in Ole Miss football history, in, in forever with like a real title on the line. And then you got to do it again next week against Alabama. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm feeling right now. I'm not discounting Lane Kiffin's staff uh, for being able to put all this together and create a hell of a run this fall. I got two more. Who's Mr. Versatile, the glue guy, like Justin bench. You can't live without him, but he's not te- technically like a superstar. He's not the face. But he's irreplaceable. He's a guy that you have to have that can play anywhere, that can do anything, wear a lot of hats if you need him to. Who's that guy? I've already talked about him. It's J.J. Piggies. J.J. is going to be a dominant force on the interior of the Ole Miss defensive line. Look, and if you want to be honest, we haven't had a dominant force on the interior of the Ole Miss defensive line since a guy named Jarrell Pope. All right? J.J. has the potential to be better than Jarrell. And, um, you know, he's big, he's fast, he's athletic, he's everything you want. And then also, I think on the offensive side in short-yarded situations, Lane is not going to hesitate to put J.J. in as an H-back or as a true tight end, and I think he's going to wreak havoc there. I mean, you saw him score a touchdown in the, in the Grove Bowl this year on something they just drew up in the sand. 
they put him in and said, go out for a pass, go here, he's going to hit you. And it worked perfectly. He practiced throughout the spring on the offensive side of the football in short yarded situations as well. So, yeah, I think J.J. Peakey is capable of being the glue, the guy everybody's going to love from a personality standpoint. The kid is incredible. He is an awesome, awesome kid. And uh, you can't help but to pull for J.J., hometown guy. And, uh, yeah, that's my that's my answer. J.J. Peakey is definitively. And the stud freshman, I've got Davison Igbenosin as the Hunter Elliott for Ole Miss football. No doubt about it. I mean, and Davison is, is playing in the secondary. And there's a lot of rotation. He's going to get his opportunities back there. He is a very, very intelligent football player. He understands the game. He anticipates quarterbacks' actions. I'm with you, Davison Igbenosin. I'm a thousand percent. What do you make of this Brennan Chapman stuff on Twitter? Well, I saw that this morning, and uh, I love Brennan, and I, I know love Brennan. Brennan. That's my uh, dude. And Brennan is a wise character. Uh, he he wouldn't have said it if he didn't believe it. That's what I make of it. I just hadn't heard anything like that. I just I knew that there was transcript issues, but I haven't heard anything like that. I mean, that would be scandalous if that were yeah. the case. But like, I haven't heard that myself. Well, well, it certainly looks like Dion is going to, uh, you know, set up shop at East Mississippi Community College yeah. this fall, um, and then come to Ole Miss the next year. We are, yeah, but we are talking about Dion, so. Uh, he has demonstrated a checkered record when it comes to school. So, you know, we wish him the best and uh, and would love to have him in Oxford one day. Here, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, Brennan, my buddy Brennan, me and Dave's buddy Brennan, at Brennan Chapman, just talked to a friend still in the industry. He used to be in the college, in the Ole Miss football recruiting office to Brennan. Just talked to a friend still in the industry in a while. The next big story in college sports should be about what Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach, is doing to Deion Smith, release his transcript, I can't even speak this morning, let the kid play. From what I've been told, a JUCO went to LSU to pay the money to get his transcript. LSU said he owed 7 k to get it. They waited two hours to get it. They had cash in hand. LSU came back two hours later and said it would cost 22 k to get the kid's transcript. I've never heard of such. Have you? $22,000 to get a transcript. Um, the only way I can justify that is like, Dion was parking his car in the middle of the quad every day of the week. Um, he got a bunch of parking tickets. Or Dion went to the library and stole a set of encyclopedias and crashed a couple of computers. I mean, come on, man, 22K? Are you freaking kidding me? That's un-American. That's, that's communism. That's I mean, why that's, I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Not that I don't believe it. I do think there's some truth to it. I just – that's I've never heard of such. I don't know where to where to even begin, where to start, right? No, I I, I would if if I'm Deion Smith, I've got an attorney that is dealing with LSU, and uh, I'm going to sue the hell out of LSU for my transcripts plus about 250 grand for my pain and suffering. I mean, you know, and and we, we're talking about this as it's true, if it's true. That's that's what we're saying, uh, you know, and and it's really hard to believe. In some regards, we, we've all heard the crazy stories that LSU would sink to that level. Um, you know, particularly in this day and age where, you know, there's there's not doing anything under the covers. Everybody knows what you're doing. So uh, that's that's kind of wild right there. But we'll, we shall see what happens. So what are you going to do in this last week before everything kicks back up crazy again outside of celebrate July 4th and your birthday? Are you going to do anything special? 
Nothing, nothing really special today. Other hot than springs, I'm obviously. Work. Yeah, getting up in the morning, going to Hot Springs, Arkansas. I haven't been since. My wife and I were talking about this last night. Last time I've been to Hot Springs, Eli was 10 and Sydney was 8, and Tori was not even thought of. Wow. So, uh, wow. So, so we're, we're going back with Eli and Tori Kate. Uh, Sydney's got to stay and work. And I'm I'm just going to rest and relax, ponder the Ole Miss Rebels a little bit, and get ready for uh, this stretch run. Because no, you know how it no, is. take take my advice. Don't think about the Ole Miss Rebels at all while you're gone. Well, I might a little bit, but but just to get ready for when I get back, because you know how it is. From mid July, uh, essentially till Christmas Eve, we don't have a day off. It's seven days a week. I mean, look, we're lucky. We've got the best jobs in the world. I, I will say that I'm very blessed to be able to do this, but uh, it is a grind from July through December, basically. I mean, really through January and really all the way through February, even though that last signing day doesn't really matter anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's more just kind of pomp and circumstance. They're going to eventually do away with that, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rest. I'm going to relax. I'm going to, going to swim i'm going to uh, eat some german food um just because i've I've really never been to a german restaurant before imagine there'll be a little beer drinking this i've actually been to a german i've been to a german restaurant in germany cool and buddy it was the wildest uh food experience ever it's like goblets of drink and plates of of just all the meats you can imagine and we were like sitting in this restaurant and there were just tables, big, huge tables, like Game of Thrones or maybe you remember that, you know, none of you remember this. Of course you don't. But the Great Hall in Hogwarts where all the houses sat, it was like these huge, long tables and everybody was sitting there yeah. and we were just all eating this massive amount of meat and drinking all this beer. It was wild. You were in a beer hall. That's yeah, where it was you a full were. on beer, beer hall. hall. It was a full on beer hall. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Well. So that's that's what I'm going to do, man. The, the big question is, did it taste good? Well, for me, uh, you put enough beer in me, pretty much anything can taste good food-wise. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I I think my opinion was skewered because uh, I might have already been drunk. Well, then we're uh, we're going to take uh, Tori, our eight-year-old. That's what I want to know. I don't care how you respond yeah, to we're, it. We're, we're going to spend an entire day at Magic Springs, the amusement park. And uh, Crystal Springs, the water park. We're going to do the amusement park in the morning, and we're going to do the water park in the afternoon. Um, and then German and, sausages uh, to wash it all down. Yeah, yeah, and I can rent a scooter for the amusement park for 37 bucks. No. And trust me, that's $37 I'm going to spend. Really? I'm going to get a scooter. Hell yeah. Okay, wait, is it a full-on scooter, or is it one of those, like, deals you ride around in Walmart with, is it one of those, like, a rascal or a scooter scooter? No, 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 no picture, but described as a scooter on the website. Well, we've got, we've got, I've got to warn you, you're 51 years old now, okay, and Chuck, when he went to Omaha, you, did you know about this? What happened to Chuck? Uh. I don't know. Oh, you're hey, learning about this in real time? Good. I don't care if Chuck, I, Chuck I should have told Chuck, me. Chuck, but, but Chuck, Chuck may not have shared this. I don't know. Okay. In Omaha, on, on pretty much every corner downtown, you can rent these scooters, these literal scooters that were green and white. Oh, yeah. He wrecked it, right? Yes. He got on one and face yeah. planted and, bro- and cracked his ribs. 
which, okay. Once I said, oh, God, are you okay? Yeah, I'm hurting. He's still hurting, but he's recovering. That is still objectively hilarious that a 60-year-old man thought it was a good idea to hop on a scooter in a foreign town to him and ride around like he's freaking 18 years old. Oh, he's going to do ollies on this thing? Like, why are you on a scooter? Man, wow. I can't well, have I'm you falling, too. I can't have you cracking ribs, too. Just don't get on a scooter if it doesn't look like it was meant for David Johnson. Don't get on it. Yeah, well, 37 bucks, and, uh, you know, that's a pretty big park over there with a lot of hills. <laughs> I'm getting a scooter, man. I'm going to get a call from you going, Ben, Ben, okay, you're right. I've cracked the ribs. <laughs> Yeah, I may uh, I may ride the wa- the scooter down the water slide or something. Who knows? Yeah, so, might uh, as well. I mean, anyway, yeah, this is just you like, and David. You, I mean, you and David. You and Chuck back. going all YOLO on scooters. Go for it, man. I mean, the world is your oyster. Hey, you only live once, right? Hey, hey, I'm gonna tell you. This is my laid back, relaxed getaway. I went to New York City in March. Oh my God. Um, you That's know, not a relaxing just, trip. No. It, yeah, it, it, it was nice. Holy shit, that, I mean, crap, that's where I needed a scooter, man. Good God, we could be walking to dinner. And my oldest daughter, Sydney, was with us, so she's kind of the captain of the trip. She's planned everything out. So we go to eat at this place place called Junior's Cheesecakes. Oh, yeah. Famous restaurant. All right. So she's got it pulled up on the map just right around the corner, right? Four and a half mile walk one way, Ben. Four and a half mile walk. I walked nine miles that night to eat a freaking piece of cheesecake. And oh, I was yeah. starving to death when I got back to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and Emily so stayed uh, for Christmas for Christmas places. a couple of years ago. We stayed on 34th, right right near Macy's. And uh, yeah. I looked up because I wanted to go eat at this spot that I ate at when my brother used to live in New York. And it was in Greenwich Village. And it said it was only 1.3 miles. Well, in New York... Because you walk everywhere. You're like, oh, 1.3 miles. I, I'd do that working out. Yeah, but you don't leisurely just walk 1.3 miles. No, not in New York City where, you know, it, it's person to person, shoulder to shoulder. It's uh, it's, a, it's a job. Yeah, so by the time we got to that little pizza spot, John's Pizza, I think is what it was. Once we finally got to that pizza spot, I honestly felt like, uh, you know, I just crossed the Sahara Desert, desert or something, you know? Well, you know, my biggest deal is every 10 feet, I'm making sure nobody stole my wallet. Uh, I got an eye on my wife's purse. Uh, Rome is know, worse about that. that than anywhere. My dad actually had his wallet taken out of his pocket by a woman who had a baby in her hand and was doing the whole, please help, sir, but really she was just pickpocketing. So I don't know. Like, New York, I don't feel that uh, way, during the day especially. But, you know, you, you go overseas – there's some places where it gets pretty sketchy pretty quick. You just that's a very southern thing to go to New York and think, oh God, my wallet. Come on. Well, man. I'll you're fine. Again, the worst city, the worst city. I hate to bring this up on the Fourth of July, but the because it's got a it's played a great role in American history. Okay. The worst city I've ever set foot in. Period. I've been to Chicago, New York, you name it. I've been there. The worst city ever, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, oh my God! I thought you, you were going to say Philly. People? I'm going to be honest. The way you set that up Look, to talk about, I thought you were going to say Philly. I was in Philly back in March as well, but you know, I, I really didn't get off the main drag. But um, Baltimore, I was there. I was there in March too, but I knew better than get off the off the interstate. Um, 
But in 2019, when we were in Baltimore, oh my God, we were going to some freaking cake bacon place that's on the Food Network, Ace of Cakes or something. Drugs everywhere, homeless people everywhere. I, I mean, and, and we got lost because uh, we immediately got back in the car and said, oh, hell no, we're not doing this. So I'm like, okay, we're here. I'm going to go see Edgar Allan Poe's burial site. So I put that into the little Google Maps thing. And, oh, my God, for the next five miles, nothing but blight. And it looked like a war-torn city in Europe after World War II. I mean, buildings burned out. People living in the burned-out buildings. People yeah, the vacants, the just like the wires said, the vacants. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's horrible. It was horrible. And, man, we got out of Baltimore, got to the Edgar Allan Poe burial site, and it was no better. I mean, it was packed with homeless people and drug addicts, and, you know, just it, it was it was just terrible. And I got the hell out of there. And Other than that, later, though, great trip to Baltimore for you and your family, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, I know, I know, yeah. And people were like, oh, man, you just didn't go to the right part. You should have went down to the – Ocean front or whatever the heck they call it. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm done. I'm done. So we uh, packed our bags and drove on to little tiny Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, which is much more my speed. Yeah, well, you love that old war stuff. Thing is, is uh, Omaha was a little like that. Not like Baltimore bad, but it, it, there was homeless people everywhere. And I remembered in 2014 Omaha being this magical baseball mecca, which, by the way, baseball is stupid. I'm talking about professional baseball, too. You got college baseball world, uh, the college baseball hall of fame in Lubbock, Texas. You've got the baseball professional baseball hall of fame in Cooperstown. Omaha should be where all of baseball is. It should be the baseball mecca because once you get out of downtown, it's really run down too. It's these really old houses, these really old neighborhoods and stuff like that. There are a lot of homeless people. It's just it's not what I remembered. But then I thought, good Lord, you could revitalize this entire place if you just made Omaha the place that you go for baseball. You can move Cooperstown here. You can move the College Hall of Fame here. You can have the World Series here. Because when you go to the World Series, I went to the Braves and um, the Astros last year. They play games in Atlanta and in Houston. It doesn't feel like you're going into an event. It feels like you're just going into yeah. the Braves game when you're there. Now, on TV, it's different because it's production. But like the the uh, Super Bowl, they play the Super Bowl in Dallas, in Los Angeles, I mean, it's only been one time has an NFL participant or yeah, an NFL team participant in the Super Bowl played in their home stadium and won it. And that was uh, that was the Rams last year. You know what I mean? So like, why would Omaha not try to become baseball mecca to where people would come in the off season to go to the the Hall of Fames and to watch all the different? I mean, the, the, Omaha needs to be where baseball is. If that makes any sense. Because I felt like it was a lot like sure, that. Sure. And almost wins a national championship in a place I thought this was this magical place. And then I'm going back home to this like monster house Airbnb that I thought was haunted. Well, I have one question for you. What in the heck is the College Baseball Hall of Fame in Lubbock, Texas for? I found that out while I was in Omaha, man. Jeff Robertson told me that. I don't have any. I don't get it. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's, what is it in Lubbock for? Texas Tech and the fine city of Lubbock. There is nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Omaha. See, every baseball player should aspire to get to Omaha. Think about that. Why is it that it's Omaha? Just because they put the stadium there and they started playing games there. They could have put it in Topeka 
and said, oh, I just got to get to Topeka. But they randomly picked Omaha. All right, we'll make Omaha baseball mecca. Every baseball player wants to get to Omaha. Because when you walk into the stadium, walk up to the stadium, downtown is amazing. It feels like you're walking into baseball heaven. When you walk into Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium, you thought you were crossing over into another time and, and place. You feel like you're walking yeah. into heaven. Now, new Yankee Stadium, it's just, it's fine. It's just, it's all it is is an updated, modernized version of old Yankee Stadium. But it's not, it doesn't have the same gravitas, the same history and lore to it. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be on a mission today. This is my birthday job. i got to find out why in the hell somebody yeah. put the Baseball Hall of Fame in Lubbock, Texas. In Lubbock. Lubbock, Texas. And I'm, I'm just saying, folks, look, Texas is a great state from Dallas East. But on the other side of Dallas. Dude, Texas what, sucks. Alabama, Lubbock, uh, Dessa Midland, and nothing. Texas sucks because it's so hot and you can't, you can't just like go to the grocery store in Texas. Everything's 30 minutes from where you are. That just blows me away. Yeah. I I mean, somebody could easily start another college baseball hall of fame. Yeah. Anywhere else other than Lubbock. Omaha. And the, the attendance numbers would be three, four, five, 10 times as much. How many people do you think on a daily basis actually go to the college baseball hall of fame? It's like going to the barrel museum, you know, how many people really go to a barrel museum? Are you? Hey, I'm for moving that joker to Mississippi, move it to Omaha, move Cooperstown to Omaha, play the world series in Omaha, Uh, do all the baseball things in Omaha, make it baseball town, USA, David, tell me that's not a good idea. No, no baseball hall of fame, but look, look, here's why. Right. Obviously, back-to-back national championships for the two Mississippi SEC schools. Delta State won a national championship in 2004 uh, in baseball. Yeah, I, I mean, a Pearl River Community College just won a national championship. So if you're throwing a dart at a map in the state of Mississippi, you can't count Jackson. Crime is too bad there. Where would you put it? Tupelo. Why Tupelo? Because it's in between State and Oxford. Yeah. Well, so is Bruce. I mean, How about New Albany? New Albany, Mississippi. Maybe that'll bring some actually good restaurants to my hometown. New Albany. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Lubbock's about the same. Lubbock's about... We're, we're talking nonsense now. This has been another yeah, crossover podcast. I'm Ben Garrett. He's David Johnson. At Spirit Ben, at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. He writes for Inside the Rebels 247. We'll be back. I don't know when we'll be back this week because it's the last week and you're going away. I'm I'm going out for a few days, but hopefully we'll do another one this week. If not, I'll see you next week, buddy. Hey, it sounds good. Happy uh, birthday, America. And, and a shout out to all the veterans who, uh, who have done what you've done throughout the course of American history. Um, thank you. Please don't fall on a scooter. I'm not, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I think you can rent a helmet, too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.